0: You're listening to Humans in Tech. Our podcast explores today's most transformative technology and the trends of tomorrow, bringing together the brightest minds in and outside of our industry. We unpack what's new in physical access, identity verification, cybersecurity, and IoT ecosystems. We reach beyond the physical world, discuss our digital transformation as a species, and dive into the emerging digital experience. Join us on our journey as we discover just how connected the future will be and how we will fit into that picture. Your host is Lee Dow.
1: Thanks for tuning in. The evolution of technology really permeates every facet of our modern industrialized world. The traditional security community is not immune to that influence. Our guest today is Tom Dymasek, he's the director of federal sales at Identiv. Tom, thank you so much for being our guest on this episode to talk about the new challenges of compliance and security. First of all, tell us a little bit about how you got into the security
2: industry. Yeah, thankfully, I got involved um, in the early '90s working with Honeywell. Um, uh, my, my primary focus was initially working with classified, securing classified spaces such as skiffs and closed areas. And then I moved into the more of the systems integration world, um, adding other, you know, not only working with physical security systems such as um, Packs, physical access control systems, surveillance systems, and IDS systems, intrusion detection systems, but also building control systems, fire alarm systems, and uh, PLCs as well. So, uh, the, the total industrial control system package, if you will. And then I got, I have, a, I got some experience working with uh, the IT infrastructure, uh, specifically with hyperconverged solutions, and then spent some time recently in the cybersecurity world. i um, working with a um, company that did a lot of pen testing for DoD and the civilian agencies within the federal government. So a broad spectrum of experience that has brought me to where I'm at today.
1: I always forget that we have that Honeywell um, commonality in our backgrounds.
2: Yeah, yes, yeah, great company.
1: In today's cybersecurity world, threats are really a result of hybrid attacks that target both physical and cyber assets. And, and while each can be targeted separately or simultaneously to result in compromised systems, you know, why do you think that physical and cybersecurity divisions are often still treated as separate entities um, and separate, um, you know, leadership structures?
2: Yeah, for a few reasons. I mean, one, the technology is moving very quickly, right? So, um, you know, Entities are having to adapt their infrastructures to accommodate and move everything into a unified platform. And not everybody is moving as quickly. And also, um, the threats are changing so rapidly as well. Understanding those threats is complicated. Um, there's also a lack of, 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 uh, of uh, personnel in the workforce that has the skill sets to meet these demands. So I think the adaption, um, it depends upon uh, which entity you're working with and federal government, which agency. Um, on how quickly they can move. And large organizations have a hard time adapting, right, because of the size. Um, also, the risk levels play a factor. So if the risk levels are perceived lower because of what they do, or what the mission is, um, then they're not, they're not as likely to, to adapt as quickly. So it, there's many factors that, are, that contribute to those challenges.
1: How have the adoption and integration of the Internet of Things and the industrial Internet of Things devices led to an increasingly interconnected mesh of cybersecurity systems or cyber yeah, physical I mean, systems?
2: Yeah, sure. So, there's a lot of good reasons for this. I mean, there's a lot more data out there um, that's being put on the network, and that for good reasons, um, because they need that data in order to um, um, improve efficiencies and meet mission. Um, that data is also getting much bigger um so as as the data comes on the network because of the need and that data changes because of the size and the analytics associated with that data uh, is is also changing, um, that has led to the increase in the uh, in the space. and um, which has also created some challenges as well.
1: How can efforts to build cyber resilience accelerate the adoption of advanced technologies and introduce security with introduced security risks? Like in such a such such an evolving threat landscape, how does how does all that work together?
2: Um, well, um, um, there's some there's been a history of of, of lack of interdepartmental co- collaboration, um, and I think that's the biggest challenge right now. For example, you had um, the facilities departments, the physical security departments, and the IT departments were much more siloed, right? And, 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 and now you're asking them to work together. So um, the technology has the capabilities to do it, um, but you gotta get the people uh, wanting to do that. And so I think that, that helps increase the risk um, by the lack of adoption. So I think the, the collaboration efforts obviously need to be improved. Um, some of the workflows need to be shared um, uh, within the, within the different, different elements or the organizational structure um in order to mitigate those risks
1: how can a successful cyber or physical attack on connected industrial control systems and networks disrupt operations or even deny critical services to our everyday society
2: well you said the word deny. I mean, denial of service or dos is is you know a, a cybersecurity person's worst nightmare because that means they can shut things down um, but there's many levels um on which this can affect us you know certainly from a and the industrial control systems. If you're looking at physical access control systems, you can they can gain unauthorized access or deny access. Um, you can shut down, um, um, uh, for, exa- for example, building control systems that affect the heating and cooling of an environments, which can affect the networks that require um, the the uh, the cooling in order to function properly. Or in the case of the medical world, um, affect affect uh, medicines or uh, treatment centers. Um, um, as well as the data environments that I mentioned. Um, also, you can gain access and introduce chemical agents. We had this concern back in my Honeywell days where the ability to gain access, you could do, introduce some type of chemical agent to uh, to damage personnel. Um, uh, on the PLC side, uh, this is another factor. So we've seen this, probably, the, probably one of the most famous um, cyber attacks was the Stuxnex virus, which attacked the Siemens PLCs and that shut down the uh, the controls of the um, uh, of the uh, of the nuclear power facility in Iran. So uh, many many levels. This can affect us negatively. We've seen it recently with our um, with some of our um, gas uh, availability issues a few years ago. Um, and, and and finally, I think and and a one that doesn't get as much of attention is PII data or personal personal identifiable information. So even though there's some organizations that are perceived low risk because if they're shut down, it doesn't necessarily affect our infrastructure, but um, the values and the data of that personal information, so that affects us certainly individually.
1: What is the Interagency Security Committee and what is its purpose? That's one I'm not familiar with.
2: Yeah, so they're part of, um, they're kind of quietly in the background doing some really great things. I mean, they're part of CISA, um, which is the Cybersecurity an infrastructure security agency under the um, DHS so the, the Department of Homeland Security. Um, they were basically created um, you know, right after the Oklahoma City bombing uh, through executive order um, by President Clinton at the time. And their primary, their primary function, still their primary function, is to address um, the security needs of protecting people and facilities and government facilities. So, you know, how can we do that? and How can we do it better? Um, so it's very uh, collaborative and cross-functional with, with, and there's many working groups that have many, many agencies within the government are part of this. Uh, and, and so they govern policy and put out recommendations on, you know, how do we continually address all these threats, including the cyber threats, and how do we help protect our, 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 our people and our, our facilities within federal government.
1: That's really interesting. Like I said, I I didn't, I wasn't familiar with that, that one, Uh, that was a new one for me. Uh, So what about some of the new requirements and guidelines that have become so challenging, being that there are responsibilities both at the federal and contractual levels?
2: Yeah, so the challenging part is, you know, as we're converging the data, right, uh, i.e. converging the technology, um, there's old compliance that we've had to deal with on, you know, in, in the different siloed work areas. And now you're converging those, and now that also creates new compliance. So um, that creates complexity, um, and because it's moving so quick, that you know trying to adapt um, is even harder. And so, especially if you're a manufacturer and you're trying to, you have to change how you engineer or design things um, in order to meet that compliance. Um, so that, that creates a lot of the complexity, and, and, and again as you move all of this data into a different different types of infrastructures um a converged infrastructures or unified infrastructures to include cloud environments even that creates even more layers of of, of compliance and issues um and then when you add you know finally you add uh the supply chain security issues um, the do the dod is addressing this with their with their uh, CNMC or cyber, mat- cyber security matriculation model, you know, how do we secure the supply chain that's associated with all of this new conversions? Um, so it's, it's out of many layers of complexity. And I, and I think that those are really, those are the challenges that we're, we're struggling with daily.
1: What recommendations do you make in those situations or in many of these situations? You know, how are we addressing new challenges in the compliance and security?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the key here is awareness and education. I mean, um, again, depending upon who you work with or talk to, um, there's just not enough people who have, they, they, may, they may know different areas of expertise, um, certainly within their areas of subject matter expertise, um, but you know, looking at holistically is, is, is not something that's done because of what, how we were set up organizationally in the past. So education collaboration is really the key, working together. Um, There's a few, um, um, CISA, for example, has what they call, they have uh, their own vulnerability disclosure program where you're seeing more of this within private companies where um, vulnerabilities are publicly uh, shared um, so, um, so we can help each other out. Um, the DOD uh, also has their um, Defense Cyber Crime Center or DC3, which also has their, vulner- their own vulnerability disclosure programs. So the more we share and communicate with each other and share the risks associated with uh, what we're finding out there, the better we can um, we can help each other and uh, protect our our people and assets.
1: Is there anything else you want to mention? I think it's a really interesting topic, especially when you see that, you um, you know, the the you know, like what we talked about early on, which is the physical and cybersecurity divisions often still being treated as separate entities when in mm-hmm. fact physical and cyber um, security are really converging in the IT community.
2: Yeah, I think you know, if you look at why we're converging, it's really important. I mean, I mean the, the need to do that has always kind of been there. When we when we were working in the siloed spaces in the past you know, it worked fine then, kind of, um, but it doesn't work now. And um, especially, again, going back to, if you look at the data as this is a data centric model, with all the data we have, the size and scale of it, in order to use that efficiently, and to make, a, you know, help with mission, um, then we have to, we have to pull it together. Um, so, um, but again, with that, um, opens up different risks and challenges. And so, um, in my opinion, it's a great, it's a very exciting time for a lot of those reasons. It's also can, can be a very scary time. But again, I think it's it's not going away, it's, it's moving quickly. Um, but there is a great opportunity for us, you know, again, if we work together and collaborate and educate each other, um, that's really the key. Uh, and and this definitely needs to happen with uh, the, our, our, the younger folks out there as they come out of Uh, schools um, and make sure that our educational system is making those folks aware of the opportunities um, that are created by this, uh, both good and bad, and and how they can help as well.
1: Tom, thank you for joining Humans in Tech today. We really appreciate you taking the time to discuss these important challenges.
2: Oh, thank you. It was great.
1: And for our audience, please like and subscribe if you enjoyed this podcast.
0: The problem isn't security, it's awareness. Velocity Vision is the future of visual surveillance, an intelligent video management solution that delivers real-time situational awareness in an open security platform. Integrate with your existing systems, verify your environment in one pane of glass and increase the efficiency of your security operation. Get full control of your environment when and where you need it. Learn more at identive.com get access control anywhere anytime for less money out of pocket highly secure freedom cloud is a cloud-based access control as a service offered through a cost-effective subscription model allowing users to control manage and maintain their physical access control systems via freedom's intuitive always up to date browser-based web administration learn more at identive.com physical security Identity Verification, the IOT. The hyperconnectivity of our lives will only grow more pervasive. As technology becomes more automated and experiences more augmented, it's up to us to preserve our humanity and use new tools and trends for good. The only question is, are we up for the challenge?